Welcome to iHeartGeek. Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of the iHeartGeek show. Um, we are going to talk about the amazing newest installment in the MCU, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, yeah. I can already tell by my uh, fellow cast members here that they are super, super stoked to talk to you guys about this. Um, right now, we are sitting with uh, Satomi. We've got Hi. Courtney. We've got Mr. Giorgetti. And we pulled him out of the caves that we sent him to. Back from a long term hiatus is mr carl carl welcome back to the the show my friend we are very excited to have you back thank you you guys can thank lies and you can thank wong for getting me out there you go he just came in got you and got me (laughs) carl's returning from comertage so for before we get started guys um digging into this because i know we are all so excited to do so. Uh, I just want to remind all of our listeners to visit us on all social media platforms at iHeartGeekShow. Please like, comment, and subscribe um, so that you can get all of our geeky contest as soon as it hits uh, the ether, the interwebs, um, because we love to hear from you guys all the time. Uh, We love talking with you, and we want to hear what you guys think about Shang-Chi, because I'm going to come right out the gate with this. Uh, was this the best standalone Marvel movie? Uh, Courtney, we'll go ahead and start with you since you just saw it like two hours ago. I did. I just watched it like two hours. Um, <laughs> it's, it is not the best standalone Marvel movie, but it is one of the best standalone Marvel movies. Um, I, I was about halfway through and I just said, they, they just, they keep getting better. The movies just keep getting better with each subsequent one. There's a couple of hit or misses in there. We've talked about those before, not naming any names, <coughs> store. But this one, <laughs> great out of the, just right out of the park. I'm excited to see more Shang-Chi. Yeah. Carl, what'd you think of it? Uh, not only do I, I don't think it's the best. I'll give Courtney the same thing. I will put it in the top five for one of the best shang um, one of the best, <laughs> standalone ones however i am really intrigued to not only see where the movie franchise goes but to see where this character goes sure. i am calling it right now um shang chi he is going to be the new face of the mcu all right i would get behind I that, hate I that. Get yeah. behind that mm-hmm. yeah wouldn't hate mm-hmm. it at all what do you think chris first courtney leave my boy thor alone in his golden locks of love I, oh, there's nothing Look, I love me some Thor. His movies, they're on the lower end of the spectrum. Let's just be honest. Uh, Agree to disagree. Anyway, I think this is the second best standalone Marvel (laughs) film because nothing can beat Black Panther because that was Mm -hmm. a perfect superhero movie. And that's rare for, I guess, any of us to say. But this felt like, like an old school... 1970s like Jackie Chan Bruce Lee movie that just happened to be set in the realm of the Ten Rings and the MCU. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me I saved you for last because I know you, you've you been itching. You've been itching since you saw it. 
I'm gearing up. Best for last. Uh, so <laughs> I I I have to say that for me, Black Panther, Shang-Chi, they tie. I think this is absolutely one of the best standalone Marvel films. I laughed, I cried, it was better than cats. The um the storytelling. But was are super- you going to see it again and again? I will see it again and again. <laughs> I will see it as a as a matter of fact, I've been trying to figure out how to how to see it again with my schedule. Um it was it was outstanding. The acting was outstanding, the storytelling was outstanding, the the effects was outstanding, the um, fight choreography was outstanding. It was oh just the you know, visually what was happening up there. I just <sighs> And I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. There is a little bit. Um, I've I've got to represent for my people, even though I am Japanese. I am not Chinese, but just seeing people um, up there who look like my family and look like people that I could be related to, um, it really it really made it something extremely special because that's something that has not been that common. Um, anywhere and and in particular in the MCU because we're we're always sort of the we're the sidekicks and we're the you know what I mean we're 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 the ones that sort of either we're the wise one or we're the the goofy sidekick and just to see somebody up there like just kicking butt and taking names it was like (sighs) it was really wonderful and and everybody 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 kicked butt yeah took names yeah. There wasn't anybody that was played off as the comic relief side. There was no wasted friend. role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, that was one of the things I loved about it. So bouncing off of that, um, this definitely felt to me, it gave me a lot of Black Panther vibes. It was a lot mm-hmm. of like uh being proud of the culture and taking that culture. And a, a character that already exists within the Marvel universe and really gearing it towards that culture. So was, I mean, Satomi, you, you kind of just answered it, but was this a solid representation of a different culture in the MCU? Kind of like what we had with Black Panther. That's a really big question. That's a, and like, since, since I am Japanese and not Chinese, I can't, I can't speak fully about this but as an asian american i felt i felt very represented um you know i i i enjoyed it i didn't feel like it was talk downy at all i felt like it was sort of embracing Mm -hmm. the roots of the culture i know some people you know will have a problem with it and you know be like it's just another jackie chan film or it's just you know what i mean like just sort of perpetuating that image of um you know all all Asians are master uh, martial arts people. But for me, I think that was sort of taken care of with Aquafina, even though she had a uh, she had a natural ability that was developed. Um, I, I actually, I, I heart Aquafina so hard in this because I felt like she was sort of the everyman that took us along into this mm-hmm. new place. Mm-hmm. And we can go mm-hmm. into that later, but um, I'm curious for you guys mm-hmm. not being of Asian descent going in and what was the impression that you got going into the film? Cause that sure. was a really I, good question, Blaise. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt, and I think you actually know that when you stated that your heritage was Asian American, that I felt like this represented the culture, you know, from the outside in, 
without isolating out other cultures from it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the scenes Mm -hmm. showed how he knew his culture, but he was Americanized and how he integrated it all together. And it was done, in my opinion, at least very flawless. Um, I like to believe I have a handful, if not more, of Asian friends. And I, when I would see Aquafina and how she was acting, I was like, oh, that's just like so-and-so I know, or that's just like so-and-so I know. It felt seamless, like I was there with somebody I knew. So at least that's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Chris, did you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, as a generic white man-child, right. I <laughs> felt like... <laughs> I felt <laughs> I, it, it. No, honestly, it was great. It was great because uh, at least like the last ten years or so, there's been um, calls for more inclusivity in the arts and to have people show off their cu- culture, if that makes sense. Sure. So yeah. this was their Black Panther, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's as far as I'll take that comment because <laughs> I I cannot speak to mm-hmm. that ex, you know the experience of of Asian Americans. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say this uh, kind of being in the same boat as you, Chris. It never felt like they were pandering. It never felt like they were pandering to an audience and they mm-hmm. were just trying to sell tickets to a certain group of people. And that's how Black Panther felt. These mm-hmm. feel like movies for everyone. But they use the heritage to their advantage to tell a, a great, rich story. And mm-hmm. it did um, kind of to bring back the role of Aquafina in it. She sometimes in these movies, they they take a character like that. And once they start getting embedded with the like heritage and stuff, they start to go back towards like being more like deeper into that culture, but she never seemed to lose who she was. She never Mm -hmm. changed who she was as a character and as a person. She just got, like you said, involved in this world in which she could relate to because of who her family Mm -hmm. was. I I think that brings up, and again, I'm an Italian American, so it's different for me. Um, But yeah, I'm Georgian and I have that. But I think, I think to piggyback on what both, what Blyze and Giorgetti said is at least the way that I viewed it. Some, a lot of times what happens in, in film in general, across the board, a person's ethnicity sometimes becomes a character trait as opposed Mm -hmm. to just being part of who they are. Um, You know, like for Italians, when you watch Sopranos being an Italian in those kinds of movies and those kinds of films, it's, it's a character trait as opposed to just being who we are. And I think with, and I mean, again, this comes from a place of being a white girl. Um, But for me, it was the same thing I felt with Black Panther as I do with this is being African and being black and being Chinese. It wasn't a character trait for either of them. It was a part of who they are. And so the explanation of, of their, the, the exploration of their film and their origin story isn't oh and by the way shang is chinese and this is why he does this and this no no it's just it's because he is mm-hmm. chinese yeah mm-hmm. and so it's not a beat over the head with don't forget don't forget don't forget he's also this and it's not that stereotypical 
kind of thing that happens a lot of times in films when an ethnicity becomes a character trait. Like mm-hmm. this person has brown hair and they're Italian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if ha- having uh, grown up in the community, the like one of the communities where they film The Sopranos, I am a walking stereotype for that show. Right. Like we do tend to <laughs> Italians. Yeah. We we do tend to be exactly the stereotype that we you think we are. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is some truth to that show. But I digress. And I think Marvel is aware of all this. I think at this point, like what they did with the MCU, they're starting to plot out the way that they're going to make these more types of inclusive movies. Um, As far as the character uh, Zhu Wenwu, uh, the dad, he straight up tells them when they're talking at the table that um, saying how they called him uh, the Mandarin or they alluded to the leader of the the Ten Rings as the Mandarin. He's like, they named me after an orange and everyone's supposed to be... It was delivered delivered so well. And that's because Marvel's aware of the original Mandarin character and what he represented in the past. He was a very Mm -hmm. stereotypical Asian villain and they want to move away from that so they can make a more compelling villain like mm-hmm. they did with him in this because he was great. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. sexy. And <laughs> very sexy. Yes. Very yeah. sexy. Thank you, Marvel, for again casting some of the most beautiful people in the world for me to look at. Yes. Um yeah. What talking speaking about the dad, um, what I really liked about him in terms of his character is yes, he wasn't. he was a bad guy he was the villain but he wasn't at the same time you know i mean yes he was a terrible he was this terrible warlord and everything but he had by the time we meet him the his his intentions while screwed up are noble because he believes his love is trapped behind this thing. And so, I mean, everything that he does in that moment is for love. So he's not, he's not pure evil. And I think that's something I, I, I enjoy that dichotomy in the character. Can we take a moment to appreciate the love story part of that there? Cause that the first way they meet in the beginning, I was like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's how everybody should meet their significant other. It's just, <laughs> wow. As the romance novelist in the room, I sat there going, um, y'all know what this is, right? Because I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could say the word. We usually have to try to keep it family friendly, but y'all know what that fight scene is all about. Yeah. Yes. A lot of tension fight built up there. Scene. Uh, fight and I, scene. I actually wanted to ask you guys about this. Um and so Tommy and Chris, I'll get your thoughts on it too, because I didn't, I couldn't get behind him in my head, like wow. towards the end of this, when it was wrapping all up, like, I, I appreciate the love story that he had, but dude killed thousands of people for oh, yeah. thousands of years. Nice he wasn't a good guy. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You lost your wife and your kids were estranged from you. You're a bad dude. Yeah. And I couldn't. But he's not like, he's not like, he doesn't come across like Kilgrave who is 100% pure evil, you know, or even Thanos, you know, but yeah, it, yeah. it was an but, interesting 
way of making him appear to the audience. Yeah, implies. Do you not believe in redemption? Because yeah, for million for thousand years, yes, we'll say, dude was rough. But at some point, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't know what the culture was back then. Maybe he was doing what had to be done. (laughs) But he, but but there, I I guess I just felt like he was trying to redeem himself to be better once he met a reason to be better. And he lost that reason for being better. And that's what drove him back to where he was. Sure. Yeah, he did also send his 14-year-old son out to go kill somebody. <laughs> he did so... send him to go kill the person that killed the mom. I can't call him. No. So, yeah. If anything, uh, he's kind of an anti-hero in the sense where um, I'm going to compare him to Tony Soprano for a second. Yes, Tony Soprano. <laughs> Tony Soprano bad dude (laughs) then you see how he is with his family and you root for him and you feel sympathetic for him even though in the back of your head you just saw him whack a guy over a box of cannolis and some uh, and some other italian (laughs) uh pastries but i i love i'm hungry Uh, there are plenty of bakeries over here in Joyzy, as we don't say anyway. But, like, you, you feel bad for him towards the end of the movie because he clearly loved his wife. And he just wanted he just wanted his boo back. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, he'd unleash, you know, hell and spawns yeah. and demons. And that's not that's not cool. The singular so, obsession is what yeah. twisted it. So. But 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 we're made to feel in the beginning of this movie. It's like, yeah, he killed thousands, if not millions, of people. But he's a family guy. <laughs> she oh, changed him. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen. And <laughs> <laughs> one thing the MCU is very good at is complex villains. You know, you they all have the reasons that they got there. And that's just plain good writing. You always have a reason that turns somebody. However, I can sympathize with him and still be like, listen, we are defined by the choices we make. And when he met her, he made a choice to become a better person and then proceeded to betray her by going back to the head he was before (laughs) they were together. (laughs) And so I had, I was very conflicted because A, he is very attractive. I will not, (laughs) I I am, I am absolutely going to say that. It's like, oh, I need to take a moment. I need to. All right. I'm okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You you can conquer my world anytime. Anytime, (laughs) anytime. You know what? If you like it, you could put that those ten rings on it because you know it's. <laughs> um, but but at the same time, it was like, it's kind. It is such. It is such that whole like when a girl, like one of your girlfriends, starts dating somebody, and you're like, dude, he, you know, he does not have his act together. This is gonna be bad. And then he gets his act together for a while, and then one thing goes wrong, and it all goes to hell. And it's like, I just wanted to smack him upside the head so many well, times. I mean, Talo knew that too, because the general, I cannot remember that guy's name, but he was amazeballs. He yeah. even said, we didn't turn her away, we turned you away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so they knew 
they knew what he was and they, they were smart enough to realize that if something went wrong, that he was not going to be able to continue on being the good person that she was helping him become. Become. Yeah. Sure. I'd like to say for the record, mm-hmm. I would destroy the barrier for you, Satomi, though. I, you know, if I had to, <laughs> if I, if I heard you calling from the other side of the barrier saying, Carl, Carl give me a hand here. Give me Carl. I don't care what demons I see coming out. I'm breaking that down for you. I'm riding a dragon. I feel so. <laughs> I'm in. That dragon was rad. That dragon <laughs> kind that... of reminded me of the dragons that are in Zelda Breath of the Wild. Did yes. any? Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. One hundred percent. I get that. That's. Awesome. I want to be friends with a dragon so bad. <laughs> that so was a cool bad. dragon. I'll tell you what, Carl. If you break me out, I will help you battle the the crazy thing in the air. The with dragon. the dragon yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go and then we'll shove it back in with the help of the, the awesome dragon but Perfect. i just Perfect. i just want to name it falcor and then i'm happy <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, so real quick i want to talk about uh because and i don't know how much this is going to affect uh satomi and chris because you guys are more movie level and not so deep into the comic book but the ten rings themselves I know uh, Courtney and Carl know the history of the Ten Rings, which is that they are um, of alien origin. And mm-hmm. originally, on the original Mandarin, they were rings. They weren't like bracelets. They like were finger actual rings. rings. Yeah. And each that's one why, of them. That's why Trevor wears all those rings yeah, in, in Iron, Iron Man 3. Man 3. Mm-hmm. And each one of them has a different power. So one is able to like, change the weather one's able to like shoot plasma like they all have their own different power for me as a comic book fan this was better than what i would imagine those being created in like Mm -hmm. a a movie setting so i was very happy with them carl what did you think of them oh you went with me first i was gonna (laughs) (laughs) i saw you you, Um, you, the wheels were turning over there Okay, so this is going to encompass not just the rings, but the Mandarin story arc in general. Sure. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have been watching What If on Disney Plus. We all have been. The Marvel, the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe MCU. To me, I have to look at it as just another What If. It is a What If this that's a different stage from where um, the comics were. So in that context, then they gave me what I needed um, for that. I do believe, and this is just the comic book person in me. uh, So the Mandarin was made up of, for the MCU is made up of two different characters from the MCU. It's made up from a comic book Mandarin and the comic book version of Fu Manchu. Um, uh, Because if you've ever read Shang-Chi in the comic books, his dad is actually Fu Manchu. It's an entirely different character. Mm -hmm. Um, But they blended them together to make one character for the MCU and they did it flawlessly. With that said, I don't think they needed to blend it. I think that you could have used those particular rings that were used in the movie as elements as they're going to be as they look like they're going to go further out into um the movie setting and into the mcu you could have still used them as different element weapons 
you could have used Fu Manchu as a character and still had the Mandarin himself if you needed to bring him in because he he is a bigger character and I do feel that the MCU this particular movie failed me in this aspect of Marvel has a long history in their movies of giving us a decent villain and then offing that villain. Yep. And and mm-hmm. the Mandarin is a, the best way that I can describe it is he is Iron Man's Lex Luthor, Joker, yeah. Red Skull. That is he is a major player in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe and I believe that Although this movie is great, like I said, a top five as a character, if we were going by comic book lore, they could have, they could have either saved, they could have saved him for something. And even though we've lost Tony, used him with Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there are, there are bigger ways they could have used him. And Shang-Chi mm-hmm. as a character and as this story would have went. You could have used Fu Manchu as that person, and it. I truly do not believe it would have detoured the great story that we got. The only thing I think mm-hmm. that having him be the Mandarin in the Ten Rings did was allow us to tie it, to give them a backdoor way to tie it into the previous Iron Man movies that had been there. And I and I do believe that that was kind of done to make sure that they can bring in some of their moviegoers and some of their audience that would mm-hmm. recognize, oh, this came up in Iron Man 1, or hey, yeah. this came up in Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. We got to mm-hmm. keep watching it instead of letting Shang-Chi be that fool standalone that it could have been without that reference. Sure. So, sorry, Courtney, that was my <laughs> babble. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There's, um, I, okay, so I'm going to say one thing before I talk about the rings. Um, I'm pretty sure the reason they didn't use Fu Manchu is Fu Manchu is a racist term now. And they're trying bit. to get, a, yeah, they're trying to get away from that um, because but, but it's actually, like they- yeah, but Fu, the term Fu Manchu actually dates back all the way to silent film because there was, it was back when the actors were playing yellow face and the character of Fu Manchu in the old film world is usually a very awful stereotype, very much in the terms of, say, Mickey Rooney and his character in Breakfast at oh, Tiffany's. God. And so that's probably why they've decided not to use the term Fu Manchu. But I can get behind everything else you say. Um- right. Well, real, real quick, with, to go with that, though, and I agree, but in the same way that in this movie... The term Mandarin's used once. And again, like we mentioned before, he used it to basically said it was almost derogatory. They named me after an orange. Same thing. There, there would never had to be a name with the, a change of the name, is what I'm saying. He could have been the character Fu Manchu and either never said the words, which none of us would have cared had he never said the word, or mm-hmm. even a throwaway line on, even in a derogatory way, I was named Fu Manchu, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. said how insulting it was to have that. And so, and just shift it from it. Mm-hmm. And so that, and that's why my concern was that you took two good characters or a great character and a good character, you fused them into one to accommodate this, but now our law in the long game, we've lost someone to be mm-hmm. able to use. 
And that, that, that was really my concern out of it. And because the yeah. rings weren't used in a traditional way, it outside of a name, I don't see how they really tied back to the character, the original character that we've ever been presented in the comic books or any mm-hmm. other medium. Outside of that one part of the name of them saying the, he, that he was once called the Mandarin. Yeah. And these are the 10 mm-hmm. rings. I'm I'm gonna chime in too, and this is not from a soapbox place at all. I promise you guys, <laughs> but I think there's a very high likelihood that there was a producer in there somewhere going, "We've never had um, an Asian superhero in this world, and we don't know how it's gonna play." Sure. Mm-hmm. And so let's try to get it all out there at once. Yeah. Like they they weren't mm-hmm. really reserving anything because they just didn't know if it was gonna work. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, they were clearly wrong. And I would have I believe that they were wrong before they made that decision, if that mm-hmm. was part of it. But seeing, you know, seeing in the back room how decisions are sometimes made. Yeah, I could absolutely see that happen. Mm-hmm. As someone who only knows the MCU as the only timeline of the sacred holy timeline, <laughs> uh, I thought it was great that this movie, like all the Marvel movies have done and introduced new like maybe off the back shelf characters that aren't as famous as Iron Man or Captain America who I still have a love hate relationship with and Thor whom I Agree love. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um and I kind of like how they recognized in that moment where uh the hot dad was like they named me after a derogatory term which was basically an orange so i like how disney and marvel you know basically said yeah this was racist we're not gonna do that again so i i think i think disney did the right thing that's a weird yeah. sentence to say because it's disney. <laughs> um but let's just all agree that racism is bad and it has no place in any anything so yep. yeah I, I have to say that because i'm legally bound <laughs> there you go <laughs> but, but anyways blies as the other comic book person here um carl i completely get what you're saying and you know i love you and i back you 100 personally i actually liked the change on the rings i did too it, yeah. it worked really well for me i liked i mean i missed the ring the actual rings but i I really liked how they changed it up for this, especially, and we won't talk about it yet because we'll get to it, but especially when the mid credit scene shows up as well. So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I I do have a practical question though. Doing rings on all 10 fingers. I mean, I've worn multiple rings and it is, you know, you skip them sometimes because it's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, but if they're magic, maybe you make an exception. <laughs> we're just, we're just depending on the magic to make them fit. Did you see the training his son went through? That's kind of training you need. <laughs> there you go. Already. Yeah, he kept hitting That's that why he, post. Yeah, so he kept hitting the post so he could strengthen his hands. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of that. And then using chopsticks would be bad, but go right. ahead. Can we talk about the fight scenes in this film? across the board i mean first off we have michelle yao who can do no wrong yeah 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 i i have such a girl crush on michelle yao i would watch her read a phone book Mm -hmm. so i'm like sitting there in the movie going 
where is she? I know she's in this movie. <laughs> you know, like we're going, we're going to Macau, and I'm like, is she? No. <laughs> Where's Michelle? Yeah, well, and then finally she showed up, but I was happy. <laughs> so, but yeah, let's talk about the fight scenes. So yeah, that was going to be my next question for you guys. Out of all the MCU properties, all the shows and everything, this is the best fight choreography that we've ever seen, right? Like I know Daredevil has some awesome Daredevil stuff. Daredevil's like, really they, good, though. They do the the hallway scene like no other, but this was good. How'd you feel about it, Chris? Uh, yes. I felt, I felt, I felt many things. Um, like you can't talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> I can talk about it on mine. Ooh. Um, which is George and Ice, but we're we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that. That's a different show. Um, honestly, I felt like I was watching like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, so any bad. Bruce Lee movie, any like old school kung fu movie it I, like i forgot i was watching a superhero film and it was beautiful yeah like the movie it felt like i was watching ballet especially oh, yeah. in in that sure. courtship scene where she's where you know the hot dad meets the mom i'm just the referring to him as the, the, hot, the hot man the, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Hot dad was... and hot mom have a fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> a fight scene. Honestly, right. like this and Black Panther are probably my favorite um, in terms of fight choreography. Like they're two different styles, but mm -hmm. they're so dis it didn't feel like a generic superhero movie where mm -hmm. I'm a bad guy. I smash things. I'm a good guy. I smash you. This was like nuanced and intricate mm -hmm. and complex and more of this, please. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, I know you are our resident, like, old school kung fu movie master. How did you feel about it? I, it's going to sound cliche, but I felt like I was watching art the mm. whole time. Every one of them. Every, yep. every fight scene that I had seen. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was watching different art. So it wasn't, I think that's what really captured me so like when you're watching crouching tiger hidden dragon it's beautiful but it very every fight scene looks very similar throughout it sure. uh same thing when you watch enter the dragon it, it's wonderful to watch but they they the fights are quick they're similar they're impactful i felt like all of these fight scenes were beautiful but differently beautiful watching mm -hmm. him fight on the bus as opposed to watching that courtship fight, as opposed to just watching the all-out brawling in the climactic final scene. They were beautiful in their own rights, but different mm -hmm. in their mm -hmm. own rights. Mm -hmm. The the buzz scene was beautiful, but more like the Daredevil scene. It was yeah. mm -hmm. it was it was beautiful but gritty. The in scene Scaffolding. fighting. Yeah, the scaffolding. scaffolding. Oh, oh my Lord. God! But that had a that had a beautiful but Jackie Chan feel to it. Uh, the end scene one was beautiful, but had that big MCU feel. The courtship was beautiful, but had that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon feel. It's all different. So I, yeah, art. Uh, there's just no mm -hmm. other word I can put to it other than art. That bus scene, though, like that came out of no, like that came out of nowhere of how good it was. Like mm -hmm. I thought he was gonna get his butt kicked, like because you knew something was gonna happen. But he was gonna learn but how to was, do it. Yeah, yeah, not like 
he knows. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. like, I, our jaws hit the floor when we saw, we're like, what? We were all Aquafina yeah. in that scene when she looks at him and goes, who are you? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Up until right. that point, he's kind of a dork. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, he's yeah. kind of a dork. And then all of a sudden he's like, beating people up and saving people and buses slicing in half and he's still kicking people in the head. I'm it was really good. Did anyone else notice that this movie was a giant BMW commercial? So if you ever product back, placement was there. If you ever go back, Chris, I feel like especially with the first half of the MCU when they're like getting their bearings there is always a car sponsor. Like if it's, yeah. an, it's an Audi, movie, it's an Audi. If it's <laughs> if it's Captain America, it's Harley. Like there's always some kind of car product placement. Yep. Um, this movie did such a good job, just because we we touched on the bus scene, um, of of not showing you right away who Shang Chi is as a person because he gets up, he starts doing push ups. And then they do the whole thing where he's like putting on a tie and looks like he's getting his suit on and then they throw him the key. So that was really awesome. I think for, um, for people going into this really not knowing who that character is. Uh, and sorry, Satomi that I skipped over you for your comments about the choreography. Cause I definitely want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I was gonna I was going to open my big mouth anyway and be like, but I <laughs> um, I absolutely agree with Carl on this. The fact that we're looking at different, it's art and each one is a different painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to add to that. What I loved so much about the choreography is how grounded it was. So we still had all, we still had like the sort of slightly magical things that can happen in, you know, in, like an old school martial arts film where you're like, yeah, I know that doesn't really happen, but it's sort of happening anyhow. They somehow managed to choreograph this in such a way that you're like, yeah, it could happen. Like, even if they're stepping on air, mm-hmm. like that because of, they were so smart about the way they approached it. You, you bought it even, there wasn't one of those, you didn't have those moments where you're like, ah, they're on wires. It yeah. was like, it was like, of course, of course, I'm gonna fly through the air and do that because it was. Timu Limu so can well completely hang over the side of a bus, and we'll buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, now you can go on. And yes, I agree with you. I love that. I love how they hid who he was until they could hide him no more. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. he had to bring that out. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and then just one more thing to mention about the bus scene: um, the guy who's filming them is the same guy this hot dog vendor in spider-man when he's like hey spider-man do a backflip and then <laughs> spider-man does the flip yeah i thought that was really cool to just add add some continuity to the universe oh that's cool yeah. is Love he it. the new stan lee <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's a watcher that would, that would be the luckiest gig ever yeah. right <laughs> right um, so after the bus scene, we go into um, kind of explanation of his origin. And like Carl had mentioned earlier, it bounces right into that fight club scene, which was one of my favorite scenes and mainly because of the fight between Wong and Abomination. Uh-huh. Now, for people who are our MCU newbies, 
uh, Incredible Hulk, a lot of people do not want to admit that that movie is part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. That movie was 100% part of the MCU. Yes. And the Edward Norton one. Let's Edward preface Norton. it with the Edward Norton one. The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> sure you got it clear. Yeah. Um, and they pull in Abomination, which we haven't seen since that movie in 2008. Um, and they comic booked him up. The little like frillies on his ears. That's exactly how he looks in the comic book. And I, as a as a lover of comic books and a lover of Incredible Hulk, was just like, yes, like they can retcon stuff and make it make sense within this crazy universe. And I mm-hmm. I loved it. What did you guys think about the the Fight Club scene? Chris, Chris, it, I see you. It was it was. Gr- it was it was great, except I had no clue that that giant green thing was from the Hulk. Because I'm a noob, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it, and I love how they're incorporating uh, Doctor Strange into this. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited. What because you know they started it kind of with Wandavision with the whole Doctor Strange, like this whole multiverse of man, this stuff is going to be so freaking amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I love, like, like, oh my God. And we saw the son, who's also very good looking, just like get his butt kicked by his sister. Yep. Spoilers if you haven't seen the movie, but then again, you should have seen Don't the movie. Don't listen to this podcast. To yeah. if you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're waiting to spoilers at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, take a look at the thumbnail, people. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Yeah, all the fights were amazing. Yeah. This one was Um, also amazing. I really enjoyed this fight, um, in particular because two of our panelists today missed it because they had to pee. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. So now I feel like it's something I could sort of lord over them and be like, yep. Yeah, (laughs) you missed that. Yeah. It's two comic bookies. (laughs) So listen, (laughs) listeners, I had to go to pee like an old woman. right at this point and i said oh nothing amazing is going to happen in the short time it's going to take me to pee so i watched wong kick abominations butt and i said okay i'll go to the potty i missed the shirtless scene i'm very sad about that yes and i also missed the sister reveal because i came back just when she punched him and he like flew across the ring and i said (laughs) who's that if it makes you feel any better I stepped out before the scene started. So I missed, oh. I missed from Abomination and Wong fight. Like I never even got oh. to see them. Oh, no. I walked in as the sister punched, oh. <laughs> punched them. And so, I was like, hey, who's this chick? Satomi, so, feel free to lord that over me because I'm going to have to wait till I see it again to get that part. <laughs> wait until tomorrow. Yeah, he had a different point. He had a different point. Yeah. Um, and then right from there, we go uh, outside to the, um, I'm the sorry, rafters. Flies. No, go ahead. Yeah. Can I ask Chris a question? Because yeah. he said something that makes me very curious. So tell me the same. Um, not knowing who the abomination was, were you confused at all by the scene? No. I'm curious from the outside looking. Like, no. was there any curiosity to who these people were? I I knew who Wong was. Well, okay. From the other thing. Properties. Um, but I just thought it was a generic um, 
monster. monster. I know, I know, okay. I know. I saw, I saw that look. Oh. Wise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I've, I've shamed myself because I don't <laughs> read comic books. But I thought it was just like some generic monster that they created just for that scene, and that was kind of like um, Taika Waititi's character in the Thor movies. Oh, Thor. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. That's what the beauty of the MCU is: is mm-hmm. that you have people like me who can really like get excited about those tiny moments but then people like chris who are newer to the franchise but it, it doesn't bog down the movie the movie doesn't change that didn't change anything did not knowing that that was abomination that was just mm-hmm. a, a call out for me and just uh, an awesome monster fight for you i mean the thing where he opens the portal and he's like well how do you that like it awesome. boom yeah it was, was so it's cool. great yeah yeah mm-hmm um, so, uh, we kind of went over the, the rafter scene with the bamboo, like, I mean, not much more to so say about good. that guys. Like, I honestly thought that, that they were going to kill Aquafina at that point. Did yeah. you? I really did. I thought she was done and I thought she was going to be like the catalyst for him becoming his hero self. And, uh, when she saved her, I was like, oh yes. I, that was like so thrilling and so exciting and plus i mean it was such a character development moment sure. to have the sister come in and save the not him the best friend yeah mm-hmm. so you know right. i i loved it i loved it i can confirm that satomi was literally jumping up and down in yeah. her seat at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> i was there <laughs> sorry if i spilled any of your popcorn <laughs> Uh, so then we meet the the dad after all these years and we go into the Ten Rings compound uh, and he tells us his story about how he can hear the mom and they use the the um, like the emerald pendants. That was make, so cool. How, what a awesome dragon scene, eyes. right? The dragon oh, eyes yeah. to make yeah. the, the map show the way um, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then we get to what I felt. So I saw a spoiler about this going into this movie and I was like, Ooh, some people are going to hate this, but that's the reveal of Trevor from Iron Mm -hmm. Man 3, because I know for a lot of fans, (laughs) this was a sour point in the MCU was to do what they did with the so-called Mandarin in this universe. How did you guys feel about seeing Trevor again? I loved it so much. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. We we all literally turned to each other in the theater. We're like, what? They had, they had just referenced him. So, I, like, going mm-hmm. into this movie, I'm like, they're not going to bring back Sir Ben Kingsley. He's making money doing, like, Shakespeare and some art projects or whatever. No, he's back. I mean, he and basically got it. to do that in this, right? right. He didn't yeah. really yeah. turn off the, right. the bravado of who he was in it. Like, it was right. great. Uh, Carl, as somebody who probably was the one of the sour people in Iron Man three, because I know how much you love like the Iron Man comics, how did you feel about seeing Trevor again? Like you, I was spoiled going in, so I knew oh, okay. that he was. I I knew yeah. that he was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Knowing he was going to be in it and seeing his role in it, though, two different things. <laughs> um, his role in the movie, redemption, like they. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, it fixed the the it fixed the Iron Man three part for the most part, but it gave him a story arc. If you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, if you ever saw, if any of you saw the one shot, and I know that Disney Plus just put it back up there on Hell to the King, mm-hmm. it 
it's a one shot, you know, that basically says shows about him going to prison. But it was wonderful to see them go through that arc. Like it wasn't a the one shot was a throwaway something yeah. that was there. Mm-hmm. We see how that played out. We see the only thing that I would say is um, unless I missed it somewhere, how does he end up at the end? Because the last we see him, he's like, I'm just playing dead. And he does that. And we're sure he survives. But because I would watch a Disney Plus show on what's going on with this character. With like, Trevor. I really would. Yeah, I would watch a Disney Plus Trevor show. Yeah. Trevor. Like, I really and, would. Trevor and Talo. <laughs> right? Oh, well, I mean, that's I was going to say, is it anything like um, Tropic Thunder where he's just staying there and doing <laughs> it's doing his three performances a night for right? like six weeks or whatever? Mm-hmm. That would be funny. Um, so uh, after that, we go into the maze where we have the weird psychic connection between Trevor and the little the bird pig. Morris. 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 That's his name. <laughs> See, that's why we had Courtney watch this two hours before so she could remember them. Right. <laughs> and, um, and then into uh, Talo, where we meet uh, the villagers and we see. And this um, is where Courtney goes, Michelle, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, We see the culture behind all of the, all the mysticism of this movie. Um, how did you guys feel about it? Did you. And he gets his super suit. Yeah. And he gets his super yes. suit, his dragon, dragon scale suit. Um, I liked that Talo wasn't over extravagant. I mm-hmm. almost expected Basic. it. Yeah, I almost expected it when they were like telling the legend of it. It was going to be this over art, kind of like a Wakanda, like a hidden city in the in the wilderness that no one can get to unless you have this special way. But it wasn't. It was like a little village. Were you guys good with that? Was Thank anyone you. else creeped out by the trees? Just the, the maze getting in there. The maze, that was like yeah. a horror film kind of thing. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, when they started moving, I was like, oh, oh, I live in a I, place, a bunch of trees now. I'm scared to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really glad they didn't show anybody actually getting eaten by the trees. Course, yeah, yeah. The forest eats you. Because it's bamboo too, right? So it's just yeah. shish kebabs all over the place. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm having like American yeah. Horror Story flashback. <laughs> oh. uh. No, I loved Talo. I loved how it, you know, it makes sense because in a way it's sort of a fairy tale world. So we think Mm -hmm. of, you know, in the Western world as we go back to castles and that kind of thing. So it makes sense, um, you know, within the Chinese culture that it would go back. It's, It's not that it's primitive. It's that it is very... Um, it's simplistic and very, uh, Mm honoring of nature and living in harmony with nature because you see like the carvings that they that uh michelle yo uses to tell the story are intricate and glorious and they're Mm -hmm. they're you know weapons are bomb um so it's not that they are primitive it's that they they are living a life that is in harmony with the world around them sure and that's that's why I was like, yeah, I'm down. I'm so down. Which mm-hmm. they knew that dad wouldn't do given his ability, even if he was in love with the, the mom, mm-hmm. given who he is, he wouldn't have lived that same life. Mm-hmm. He ain't giving up his iPhone. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this place doesn't have Wi-Fi. I'm out. 
<laughs> Give my rings back. I'm out of yeah. here. It, <laughs> it might not have Wi-Fi, but it has an amazing dragon. Dragon! Can we, can yes. we talk about the dragons yes. and the fights? And the, the, the luck drag. dogs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back real quick though because it's got like the luck dogs and it's got the I forget the name of it but the fox with the nine tails and so they they were they were like really dipping heavily into Chinese all lore. the all the magical mythical creatures yes that are real yeah I love the <laughs> which I love beautiful. the amount of articles I read about people being confused about why there were Pokemon Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> There is a Pokemon called Nine Tails. Yeah, no. a fox with nine tails. A lot of those, yeah. a lot of those creatures, Pokemon pulled the lore from to make Based their creatures in their games. Yeah. Okay. So they yeah. they look just like them. But it's and it's funny to just think of. Oh, here's this world full of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Chris, let's talk about the ending fight, which I feel is kind of a MCU rite of passage to have a giant monster fight at the end. Yes. Oh, Even yeah. This, this at the core of it is a, a battle between a father and his son and their butting of heads and the way that they view things. But let's throw in two big old dragons in here. Yeah, like like <laughs> the father-son fight was so emotional. Oh, like, yeah. Like... Bravo. With the rings, <laughs> the like, rings changing oh, the rings places. Going back and forth. Like yeah. it was so massive, cool. like Tron flashbacks at those at that point. And, and like, <laughs> and I know we talked briefly about how the rings were actually rings, and I didn't know that till y'all said it. I kind of liked how they were armbands because mm-hmm. it would be tough to see like rings. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But like, oh my god, it was, and like when he like denies the rings or he gets all the ring the, the son gets the rings and then he's like nah i'm not kill i'm not gonna yeah. kill you with these i'm rings. not you i'm not yeah. i'm not you. that's exactly what it was yeah. it was yeah. the, i cannot do what you would do yeah and he mm-hmm. that's that's his superhero moment right there mm-hmm. that yeah. was his superhero moment right there and then the way he just drills into that dragon with oh, things. oh my <gasps> gosh just <sighs> like just straight up yeah just drills into them speaking of beautiful pieces of the film that yes we know he's on a wire and it's a green screen and (laughs) blah 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 that was that was all practical that That was was real it was magic it's so visually stunning Mm -hmm. when he's do you know like it the water's coming up and they've got him he's just twirling and he's using the power and i mean it's just that was such a visually stunning moment and uh, when he denied he doesn't kill his father is a superhero moment but this is that scene is the birth of a superhero Mm. Mm -hmm. you know there's always there's always that birth of the superhero in all of these mcu standalone films that is Shang-Chi's superhero birth when he does that scene where he just destroys that dragon and then rides off on the other one. Yeah. I I was I was deeply touched by the the interaction between the father and the son and the that moment when the father he he knows it's time and he sort of bequeaths him um the rings which is which is mm-hmm. really beautiful but I I will admit what made me cry was the the good dragon 
for some almost reason, almost dying. No, just just the just everything about that freaking <laughs> dragon. It's true. She it was, was crying. I was like, oh my god. Chris was like, I seen it. So yeah. <laughs> my fiance You're was on my left. So tell me was on my right. She was crying like a baby. Like, it's so beautiful. But but Falcor. It, it really what? what it really was so cool. Yeah, there were some little kids yeah. behind him. Were like, is that lady gonna be okay? We were in the last <laughs> row. We were in the last row. So, so the little kids anything, in front of them, were they saying, had to turn around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was not the only one. I was not the only one in the theater. Um, do you guys appreciate the fact that Aquafina was the one that kind of took the final shot? Was that a? Oh yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah. a solid moment for you guys? Yes. It showed to me yeah. at least it showed that it doesn't always gotta be your main character hero sure. that mm -hmm. does X, Y, and Z. And that to me was a defining moment for her because she had an arc in the movie of find out who you want to be. Yeah. What do mm -hmm. you what do you want to like? And she comes through thinking, you know, figuring out for herself, you know, I just run away from all my problems. Or I run away from all my successes. I get close. I, I I run. I don't know what I do. And her taking that shot was showing her making a commitment. If the, I guess that was the way it was, was her commitment to being something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they also yeah. kept, and before she took her shot, they kept telling her, no, you're not ready. No, you, you can't fight now. And then she's like, you know what? Screw this. Boom. I killed the demon dragon thing. I'm awesome. But Suck it was it. also she was she was all that was left. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. it was it, it really took to that moment of of realizing that there is no other option. This is on me. I I have to. It was her chance to step up to the plate, which she did. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, talk a little bit real quick just about Aquafina as an actress because she has gotten some flack about the way she speaks. Sure. And I'm gonna tell y'all out there if you don't already know this. Girlfriend grew up in Queens, okay? That is how they talk. <laughs> take, it from, take it from Georgetti and I who live out here. She's just talking like her. It's, you know, Nora <laughs> from Queens. So that's for real. Um, and the other thing I want to say about her is on a dark desert highway, <laughs> wind in my hair. You just confused all of our listeners. Exactly. <laughs> Art of confusion I, works against uh, stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> that made me so happy. I will say I, this. I'm going to use that now. I will say this about her in almost everything that she does. Her timing is fantastic. She is always yeah. just a treat to have in like in Raya, in Crazy Rich Asians, mm -hmm. all those movies that she's in she her comedic timing is is great i love to watch her and stuff i didn't know that she was going to be as prominent of a character in this mm -hmm. when i was going yeah. into it like just from the trailer um but i'm glad that she was because she definitely was a, a standout character from from this movie she's well, a very good foil to to yes. to see me liu i said his name wrong sorry mm -hmm. And I'm glad that it wasn't, and I'm glad that there wasn't a romantic. It was a best friend. Because mm -hmm. I have tons. My wife brings it up all the time. I, I have tons of female friends. And it's, 
it's nice that they can show in a movie these are two friends that their gender and and it's no different than you get in your household you know you get the grandmother's like so you guys are so close when you're gonna we're just friends (laughs) about it and and so i like the fact that she didn't have to be a romantic interest to Mm -hmm. be there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah not not all movies or not all superhero movies have to have like a romantic love interest. They don't. Because what 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 I personally enjoyed the most about this entire film was they just told a compelling story that had some kick ass martial arts. Um oh You said I, the A I word. Said the A word. I'm <laughs> sorry. Twenty five cents into my swear jar. Uh <laughs> which you should donate to our Patreon page, ladies and gentlemen. I've donated stuff. <laughs> um but on, honestly, this was such a good movie. Like I forgot I was watching an MCU movie uh more than one occasion during more than one occasion while watching the film so like this this movie will stand up by itself mm-hmm. um and it's just the added bonus that it's it's an mcu movie sure Agreed. uh so to um so the movie wraps up with wong coming in while they're at their uh like double not double <laughs> date because they're not together but they're friendly gathering and um he collects him and he basically tells him he basically pulls a Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. You're part of this bigger universe. Now Mm -hmm. you are someone who is going to defend um, with these powers that you've been given. And I know black widow was the first movie in phase five, but this is, this is phase five starting. Like we know the multiverse is coming and all these crazy things are coming. And this really shows the, the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes along too with the the mid credit scene and the post credit scene. So mid credits, they're the rings are a beacon. So like I told you guys earlier, the rings are originated from space. It seems like that might be the same case here, but they're calling to something. What what that's mm-hmm. going to be? Not we will here. find out. I'm very curious to see what's going on with uh, Bruce Banner because him and the Hulk were supposed to have worked out their issues, but he is not Professor Hulk at the end of this movie. He is just normal Banner. He also, if you also, look... Oh, go ahead, Carl. <laughs> Same thing you were going to say. His arm is still in that sling. Arm yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me wonder if just the Infinity Stones did... Um, permanently damaged thing. him. Yeah, permanently damaged him. Um, and then we've also got Brie Larson back as Captain Marvel and her hair is back down to her shoulders. So I don't even know how much time has passed between the end of end game and this movie, because it, it has to have been a few years at this point for her to have gone through that kind of hair growth. So there's definitely going to be uh, have... All right, some people's hair grows long. We don't really know because it, they don't address when the blip happened and when the, the snap the second snap happened in this movie. We just know it comes after the second snap. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, they do address, yeah, because they mention it. So yeah. just not a timeline of it. Or could yeah. this be a variant timeline and not on the sacred timeline? Chris, we Probably would have to. Not. We would no. have to start over now and go over an entire <laughs> other hour to really no. dive into the possibility of this being an yeah. alternate. Time. What have I done? Yeah. The multiverse yeah. is a is a deep and confusing place. Yeah, 
Um, and then the last post-credit scene we have is uh, the sister saying she was supposed to go and tear it all down. She's sitting in the chair. She's the leader of the Ten Rings now. Yep. Which yep. something's going on with the, these movies and uh, like a mercenary team up is happening because we have John Walker. We mm -hmm. have um, Yelena. Yelena. We yeah. have potentially her as the leader of this mm -hmm. Ten Rings. We have um, Sharon Carter as the power yep. broker, which I would Sharon. love to see them, Sharon Carter and the um, the sister, like team up or work together since now they're both like under underworld crime lords at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot going on in the MCU uh, going forward. Mm -hmm. um, so ride um as our listeners know we wrap all these up with the rating system um chris i will start with you what did, what did you give it a a a <laughs> um this was the best mcu movie since black panther hands down hang on Sutomi. a plus i loved it i will see it again and again <laughs> carl what'd you think Got an A minus out of me, but I'm going to explain why. Still an A. <laughs> it's still an A. And the only reason why is, again, from a comic book purist perspective and what the MCU has given us, um, I look back at Captain America, the first Avenger, and they nailed the origin straight through without having to really alter. I mean, like, almost no alterations it the only thing they had to alter was a bit of time is because we were in the 2000s when they came out as opposed to you know in the 70s when the books originally dropped whereas as i've mentioned before with this one um i think they could have given us this exact movie with minor tweaks to allow us to still have some other thing like i'm gonna tell you and i'm hoping praying like Please, Marvel gods, give me this, that those beacons are, are reaching out. I'm sorry, Sidon. I think they're reaching out to Galactus. I hope they're reaching out to Fing Fang Foom. God, I hope they're, because that brings it full circle into it. So if it's just that. If they're reaching out to Galactus, then we've got the Fantastic Four coming. They have to show up. Again, and they are already four. on this movie slate. <laughs> not, so, not that Fantastic Four, Chris. It would be a completely new a Fantastic new Four. Fantastic It'd be a good Fantastic Four. Fantastic four. A non crappy <laughs> Fantastic Four. Okay. Hopefully, so, helmed by John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Mr. Fantastic as, and the and Sue Storm. Yep. So my so so my rating is only because Marvel has given us a pretty like 99% spot on comic accurate version of someone. And this was an opportunity that they could have did it without changing the stuff that they changed. The stuff they changed played perfect to the narrative. And I can, I mean, I will see that they, the theaters will get their pound of flesh out of me on this movie. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. But it's the only thing from giving it that solid score. Hang on. Oh, and P.S. It's been, it's been doing gangbusters Nin 90 yes. million 90 yep. million opening weekend the mcu is back baby mm -hmm. so yep. excited 
Uh, Courtney, Courtney, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it an A plus. And I don't give A pluses all that often. I'll give A's, but I'm going to give it an A plus because it, it is so good on across the board levels. Story's good. Acting's good. The choreography is art. As Carl mentioned, it's beautiful. And it is a fantastic birth of a superhero into the MCU. Carl, I got something for you. I, well, for everybody, I can't wait to see how this, if it ties into the Eternals. Because well, the Eternals I, I were told no that they, the Eternals were told they are not allowed to interfere. They, you know, they were sent there. I wonder if whatever was sent them there. I know what sent the Eternals there, but everybody else, I mean, why yeah. isn't <laughs> Carl do? But not all of our listeners do. I know what the who sent the Eternals, but maybe that's what the beacon to the rings are calling to. Maybe. Uh, and I, just say I hope I hope it's not. And the only reason as yeah, I hope that these rings are the long game. You know yeah. how we had the infinity gems as the long game. Sure. I'm hoping and that's why I believe that he he's set up perfectly as the face because he really is the perfect face of the MCU right phase now. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Kick, I mean, he kicked off phase five and he kicked it off in a way in that a anyone's going to be excited to come back and see just the character himself mm-hmm. of Shang-Chi. Um, I, I, I see where you're headed with this. And I, and when it happened in the movie, I did think the same thing. Yeah, I just, are you with me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared about the Eternals. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little Anyways, I'm sorry. It, well, they're big. So, Carl, you will have to join us next time because that will be our definitely our next like MCU video, and we'll see what you think about it. Uh, but this Excellent. that was the show, guys. That was awesome. Thank you all for being here, our listeners. Thank you for joining us. Um, again, you can find us uh, everywhere on social media: Facebook, Instagram. Um, TikTok, Twitter, Twitter, TikTok, Patreon, YouTube. all that stuff um, at iHeartGeekShow. So come join us, uh, talk to us. We want to hear what you think about this amazing movie and uh, all the content that we have coming for you um, going forward. Um, so I am here with Satomi. I am here with Chris. I am here with Courtney and I am here with Carl. Keep on geeking on guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye. You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.